0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Sean. With me, as always, is Daniel Terry. How are you doing uh, this evening?
1: I'm doing great, man. Uh, like Limp Biscuit says, still swimming through the shark attack without a single scratch. So we're, we're good.
0: Uh, for those of you who may not understand the reference, go over to Dan's YouTube channel over at Discuss Metal Dan. Uh, that's all I'll say about it, because the uh, thing and the reason why we're making the joke, doesn't deserve to get their name mentioned. So fuck
1: them. Oh yeah, I'm not I'm not talking about it anymore. Not not officially. So we're good. Yeah.
0: So anyway, officially we are here to talk about our guest, uh Ray Hawthorne of North Kingsley, who is returning uh to talk about Volume 2 which is out now. Um if you enjoyed our chat last time with Ray, uh, I think this was a little bit more fun. Obviously Ray and I have kind of formed a little bit more of a friendship uh since the first chat, so there's a little bit more like familiarity with each other. Um and there you know it, it's kind of like the the thing too at this point you know North Kingsley has kind of built up their name from the first uh EP to this one and I mean straight out the gates with the first track you know coming out with rizza I mean it's gonna kind of put a lot more people onto whatever it is you're doing because I mean the Rizza doesn't really just do a lot of features so um it was really cool. One of my favorite parts is actually when Ray goes, yeah, man, like, you know, when we were talking the first time, you're like, I'm getting a lot of Wu Tang vibes and blah, blah, blah. He's like, I wanted to be like, yo, we got the fucking RZA. (laughs) Right. And he's going to be on part two. And, uh, obviously he couldn't spill the beans and, uh, give up that big juicy secret. But, uh, since then, obviously the RZA has done a video with the North Kingsley guys. Uh, we talked quite a bit about what it was like to work with, uh, RZA as a, as the other vocalist on the track. Um, This is just a lot of fun. I mean, I think at this point, you know, something Dan kind of echoed in the first chat uh, that we did in the intro was that, you know, he was excited to see where this group was going to go with more material being present. And I feel like this one definitely leans more hip hop heavy um, but it also, for me, makes me go, okay, like, where are you guys going for the next one? Cause like the first one's kind of, is a little more, I don't want to say like indie or alt rock, but there's more kind of that rock tone to it. Whereas this is more of a strictly kind of hip hop-y kind of thing. So I'm wondering if like the next one is going to kind of maybe be maybe more electronic. Is it going to be like, where's it going to go? And I think that's the interesting thing about North Kingsley at this point, only putting out EPs and EPs full of content that they feel is cohesive to these specific songs. And I don't know, like I said, I, I just, I'm very interested to see where they're going to go from here. Um, it's a band I'm definitely excited about, uh, especially considering there's been no live performances and all we have is literally just these six songs uh, at this point. So um I think it's a band to kind of be on the lookout for uh, as we're in this new year of 2021. And uh, if you only are listening to them or don't want to check them out because you think it's just going to sound like System of a Down, you're doing yourself a great disservice.
1: Honestly. It sounds nothing like System of a Down. And I mean, it, as much as I appreciated that Volume 2 came as quickly as it did, um, I'm like, come on, guys. It's like, what, eight more minutes of music? Like, I mean, I get it. <laughs> but in, or, in order for me to do the thing that I do, uh, which is to you know listen to a lot of music and, and you know kind of process it to see where that journey is, uh, I will admit that it did throw me for a loop between Volume One and Volume Two, how the two sound almost nothing alike. Um, but I definitely feel like. I appreciate the kind of more I feel like they're almost a little bit better at hip hop, you know, as as far as that stuff goes um, than they are at the rock stuff. So I think like a volume three with a more electronic base probably would be would be the way to go. Uh, that's just my suggestion. You guys can have that for free. Uh, <laughs> this is what I want you to play. But uh, no, I think it's cool. I think they've got a lot of potential, but I really do want to hear these guys knock out the full length and see and see where that lands as far as the variety of styles. Uh, that have been on display in, you know, the less than 20 minutes of music that the band has released up to this point.
0: Well, it, it's kind of funny because it does make me wonder, and, you know, something Ray and I kind of touched on was the fact that, you know, at this point, I think they you know, they're always working. They're always working on, on material. Both times that we've had Ray on, he's basically going to the studio within 20, 30 minutes of us being done to go work on something new. So they're always working. And the thing that's kind of interesting about that to me is, Will it create a thing where eventually they're just going to start dropping things more consistently, more faster because they need to catch up with the output of what they're doing? Or is it going to be a thing where maybe we're going to wait longer in between these and we're going to actually get full lengths? I mean, that's kind of the exciting thing about, you know, finding a band this early into the in the to the career is you're you're not sure. And I don't think they really are either. And I think a lot of it is because of this pandemic we're still in. But the fact that they're giving fans a lot of time to really digest the music, I think is something that some bands actually do a disservice of where they're like, we have so much material. Here, fuck it, here's this. Two weeks later, here's three more, here's three more, here's three yeah, more.
1: Yeah, just, dump, just dumping it on your head. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're
0: like so overwhelmed, you're like, whoa, slow the fuck down. Like I can't. And then it's like, especially if you look at even like a bring me who has been releasing a lot of material over the last two to three years the fact that even their stuff is so diverse, I think helps because it's like, you know, uh, I think Ollie has even said, it's like, well, maybe you're not a fan of this, but maybe you'll be the fan of the next one. And then maybe a fan of the next one. And then maybe you won't like the next one, but it's okay. Cause you know, another one's coming. And I feel like that's that kind of philosophy is actually a really good way to be able to experiment and spread your, your creative wings without feeling like you're going to lose somebody because you put out a couple songs. They aren't vibing with particularly.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that was me because I mean, even in volume one, I was a little bit skeptical. I was like, this could go either way, you know. Uh, volume two kind of more cemented, like, for me, what this band actually has to offer. And it was consistent enough with volume one. Like, I, I do think they sound vastly different from each other, but I do think that, like, you know, to, to see, I don't want to say, because I can't really use words like growth and maturity here because we're talking about <laughs> such little material, but, um, like i mean so far this episode's probably longer than all the music that they put out you know but like uh and that's not a slam i'm not making it as a slam i think they're being very smart um but i do think that like volume 2 volume 1 got me interested enough volume 2 solidified me to be like yeah i'll listen to volume 3 as soon as as soon as it's available well i think the other thing
0: too is i i do appreciate the fact that they seemingly are curating each volume uh, for a specific listening experience um you know I think with you know at this point now you know we've we've done a handful of discography discussions with me being the new co-host and something we've kind of talked about in some of the few discographies we've had is just kind of sometimes bands will put out something and they try to incorporate new things or whatever and sometimes it doesn't fit on the record that they're trying to, to, to move into Yeah. where where by the time you get to the next record or the next record after that you're like oh this is that idea fully realized in a full record yeah. And to me, I feel like that's kind of the smart approach to how they're doing things now where they're like, we're kind of we like hip hop. We kind of are a, a, an alternative kind of rock band as well. I mean, obviously, Ray, in the first episode was talking about how he's very big into the old metalcore emo kind of scene and so forth. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know if that's ever going to present itself in any way, shape or form, but
1: be interesting.
0: I, it, it definitely would be. And I think that's kind of the thing that's interesting is they are at least cognizant of the fact that when they're putting out collections of songs, they need to kind of have a, a full sound and narrative kind of in mind. So as to not like if could you honestly imagine any of these songs on volume two to be on volume one? Because if they were, you would kind of be like, uh, I feel like they don't know who they are or what they
1: want to do it would be too disjointed you know um and i complain about that all the time like on full-length records where it's like every single song sounds like a different band skillet uh mm, every album sounded like a different band (laughs) um but yeah i don't want to talk anymore about skillet i did that already but like (laughs) that's a thing that happened but I do. Th- I talk to Skillet, and that was actually much more pleasant than actually listening to their discography. Um, that poor dude's on blast right now. I don't say poor dude, but like because uh, I'm poorer than he is. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but but what I can say is that uh, you know, yeah, like. I complain about that all the time. And so to have a little bit more focus, I think that these guys have shown that they can at least do it. Um, They can focus on kind of a theme and go with it, but like maybe like as much as I'm complaining about, they're not being that much uh, material. Maybe that's, maybe that's kind of, you know, like we've been talking about kind of a good thing in that, like maybe they wouldn't be able to be as focused if they feel like they need to stretch a certain idea uh, over 12 tracks or over 10 tracks or something, where it's like, we're okay we're gonna do we're gonna do kind of like an alt rock thing here we're gonna do more of like a hip-hop thing here uh you know we're gonna do kind of like a grindcore thing here you know (laughs) or whatever (laughs) you know um but it doesn't overstay its welcome in any way you know i'm not offended that north kingsley doesn't have a lot of material uh and i enjoy the 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 small bits of material that there actually is so uh in that regard um i don't know what they could really could do about a live show right now but i do think that uh that doesn't matter because like nobody's playing live shows yeah i and that's kind of the,
0: you know let, let's touch on that actually on the other side of this and uh get into the chat with ray of north kingsley we'll kind of discuss a little bit more of uh some of our thoughts and ideas on the other side Have Ray Hawthorne of North Kingsley back again to talk about North Kingsley's Volume 2, which is out uh now and has been out for ten days as of when we're talking. I guess that would almost be a week and a half at this point. Uh it's it still fucks me up that shit comes out on Fridays. Cause like I like my wife was talking just as we were coming. I guess there's some documentary series or whatever getting ready to come out on Netflix, uh, talking, I think about um songwriters. I don't know if they're ghostwriters necessarily or or what it is. I think uh I don't even remember what the show was that she said. It was something horrible, like Music Exploder or something like that. Okay. Something terrible sounding.
2: Yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard of that at all. <laughs>
0: um, but apparently it's talking with people who have written with like Nine Inch Nails, Dua Lipa, and, and so on and so forth. So, I mean, kind of a, a broad spectrum of artists. But um, all of that said, you know, you haven't been on in four months. And it seems like we were waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for this volume two to come out. I thought these were going to come a little more rapid fire. Um, so how does it feel to get part two out now that everyone's kind of been very familiar with part one volume one?
2: Uh, so I'm really excited about it and, uh, you definitely hit the nail on the head. We, we were gonna release it a little bit earlier, but there was a bunch of world events and other outside things that sort of stopped us from that, just like with volume one. So this seems to just be like a theme for North Kingsley releases at this point. Um, but I'm excited to have it out because I think I said this last time we've, we've got volume one through four already done. Right. Um, so, I'm looking at them as like, I love volume one, but I'm looking at it like, Oh man, there's some real bangers on volume two though. And even right now I'm like, I really want that shit from volume three to come out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so I'm just excited for things to come out. Um, and I think it worked out in our favor that we waited a little bit longer, uh, to put out volume two than we would have just because like you said, people are more familiar with volume one now and it gave time for our, our fan base to grow a little bit and sort of expect the new things. And so far, I mean, I've seen pretty much nothing but positive reactions about volume two, which makes me really excited because it's in a little bit of a different lane than the first one, Um, you know.
0: Yeah, I think that was kind of the interesting thing is, and I know we talked initially, um, you know, I had asked, like, is each volume kind of creating a certain vibe? And that's why those tracks are together. And this one, you know, not saying that there isn't a kind of hip hop influence on the first one, but this feels really hip hop heavy, like. It's it's, I mean, yes, you can kind of hear Shavo's bass playing, but whereas I thought Shavo was playing guitar previously on the other stuff, this is clearly kind of a more, for lack of a better term, a drum and bass kind of sound, like a traditional instrumentation for hip-hop to kind of go over. So, which makes sense, obviously, uh, you know, we had kind of joked initially, um, you know, when I was saying... You know, I, I heard some strong Wu Tang references, yeah. kind of on the first one. <laughs> now here we are for song out the gate, false idols, and you got RZA. Like, uh, did you feel like you had to really step your weight up and, and kind of earn your earn your bars to go side yeah. by side with RZA? Like, how
2: was that for you? That that was something, man. And it's funny when you when we did the first interview and you brought up the Wu Tang thing. Like, all I wanted to say was like, we got RZA on, on volume two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I I did it. It was. The idea of having RZA on a song was sort of intimidating in general as a as like a new rapper. Right. Because that's a that's a huge deal. I mean, he's he's arguably one of the biggest rappers that will ever be. So that's a big cosign to have of someone saying, like, you know, this guy's good enough for me to get on a song with. And he came into the studio uh, that night and we were initially going to put him on I think it was a different song we were going to put him on initially, but we were going through songs and just sort of listening to what we have. And he heard false idols and he was like, I want to get on that one. He's like, I got something for this. I want to get on that. And it was just like mind blowing to see him take something that he was sort of working with, fit it into the concept that we were working on already and, and just put that whole thing together. I think it's mut. I'm, I'm super excited about the fact that I already had written false idols before RZA got on it because I think it would have been it would have been way more intimidating to have like just a blank slate with a RZA verse and feel like I really have to compete with him whereas he heard this song he was like I really fuck with this and then we just moved forward from there which made me feel a whole lot better pretty much all I did was cut one of my verses out put RZA in there and uh I think I think what I ended up doing was I the the second verse where he came in, I ended up just making that my first verse. I think I asked ax- I the first verse. I haven't heard the original version in so long, but <laughs> um, that's that's all that it was. But I mean, that was an insane, just an insane thing to do as I mean, I think I've talked about this before, but I started rapping as a joke, just a complete joke. So to so to one to be working with Shavo was crazy, but like to have one of the biggest rappers that there's ever going to be come in and rap alongside you. Makes me feel like, wow, never expected this. <laughs> never expected this at all. So it's it's exciting, man. It was intimidating, but luckily I had the song already. That's my long-winded answer for that.
0: <laughs> I just feel like in this day and age, it's it's not very often that... You know, almost kind of right out the gate, there's kind of that immediate cosign. and that and that's, I mean, it's a big thing in music in general. I mean, you know, you see a lot of like we'll call them legacy bands. You know, the big yeah. cosign is like, you know, uh, like when Code Orange gets taken out by Slipknot or Corn or you know some of these things. You know, you see it sporadically, but you know, it's still huge. But in hip hop, it's even bigger. I mean, getting, you know, I can think of, you know, I remember Ja Rule basically getting that cosign from Bit or from uh, Ja. Or, sorry, from Jay-Z on Can I Get a," And, you know, that was on, like, the Rush Hour soundtrack. It was the fucking monster song. And for that to basically be his first taste to the mainstream before he puts out his, you know, solo record, his first one, it's like, that was huge. And then you kind of see, like, you know, along the way of, like, you know, what uh, Biggie obviously did with Junior Mafia, um, even going to... Um I mean, shit. Really, like, there's just so many. Like I said, it's just a, it's a big cosign thing, and it's one yeah. of those where the that side of the industry I think has always been very supportive of young talent. Um, doesn't always work out. I mean, you kind of look at Memph Bleak; like that dude was poised to just be the next big fucking thing and never really took off for a lot of reasons. But you know, it, it's sometimes one of those where I think the maybe the expectation. Um, it's too great for some of the artists to to rise to the to the top. And, you know, that was kind of something in listening to this track that was really cool. And, I mean, you already answered it in the fact that your part was already done. So I didn't know if you guys had written together to make sure your verses kind of worked or, like, how that really panned out. But, yeah, I think I would have been shitting bricks, too, if I had to, like, come up with a whole new song, basically, to work around what Riz's
2: uh, lyrical idea was. For sure. I mean, I remember when he when he was recording it and we were in the studio, he... I don't remember exactly what the bar was, but he said some bar and it's the first, the first time I'm hearing it is when he's doing his initial take, you know? And there was a couple other people in the studio that night. Um, and he said some bar and I just flipped, I was like, what? And I like looked over at some, and they're just sitting there like real calm and shit. And, you know, they're just like, super, I'm like, how are you not excited right now? you hear what this <laughs> guy just said? You know? Um, uh, so it was, it was really surreal. It, it took a lot not to, uh, just like fan out a little bit, you know,
0: <laughs> with something like that. Cause you know, I'm, I'm thinking kind of a little bit more how, you know, like Dr. Dre on, at least I can say on his last two records, uh, is really a big proponent of kind of having it be a, a feature heavy, uh, collaborative, collaborative process. Um, yeah. You know, I think like, Hands down on on Chronic 2001, I think Eminem stole the show on on the two tracks he was on, obviously. Um, Yeah, he makes that album. Right. (laughs) And then I think Kendrick really kind of played that role on the last record that Dr. Dre put out. But, you know, he kind of, like I said, likes to bring kind of new people in. Has there kind of either A, been talks of uh now that you've kind of done something with risen and the expansive nature of what he does in a production kind of role to where maybe you're going to kind of get more looks to do some other stuff outside of north kingsley now because because of this track because of this collaborative you know endeavor or and or um has this maybe from volume one kind of having the success it's had has it opened you up to just being able to do more with other people that you maybe never would have thought would have happened when starting this project
2: Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, there's been a lot more looks from higher up people than I ever expected to get. And there's been a good amount of talks of, uh, featuring on certain people's records. But the thing is at this point, I really want to do that, but also it has to be the right fit for what we're doing right now. You know what I mean? For North Kingsley that is. Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's a ton of, there's a ton of up and up and coming rappers right now. Um, who just sort of want to work with anybody and I'm in the same boat. Like I want to work with anybody, but I don't want it to be something that is just so far out of left field from what we're establishing as North Kingsley right now. So I'm, I'm way open to features. I just don't want to be on features with people whose songs are very like lyrically bereft. (laughs) I'm trying not to talk shit on people, but like there's just a lot of this, just auto tune rap stuff that I'm just not into, you know, and, and, and we're, we're to,
0: for that anyway.
2: Yeah, exactly. So we're trying to establish something with North Kingsley where it's, where it's just something that is different than what you're generally hearing from rap right now, all across the board, whether it's how the beats work or the fact that we're doing, we're trying to do actual lyricism as opposed to just going like, yeah, on a beat for fucking three minutes, you know? Um, which, you know, much to our chagrin, it's it's a little bit more, it, it would be so easy to just to just come out and go, yeah, on a beat for four minutes. And I, I bet you North Kingsley could be a bigger band, but we don't really stand for that. You know what I mean? I, I heard a, a very good comparison recently where someone's saying that uh, rap today is a lot like, you know, hair metal in like the late 80s. And we're just sort of waiting for Nirvana to come out. And I'm really just trying to like get into that next wave uh before the you know before the curve type thing so uh, that was another long-winded answer but yeah there's a lot there's a lot of looks for features and we're definitely looking to we've got some interesting features coming up that i'm excited about um but as far as me doing features on other people's stuff we've talked about it there's some people that i am excited to work with but it is just like Sort of up in the air on when we're actually going to do that or when we would actually release those things versus what North Kingsley's doing right now. I hope that's not – that feels like a whole lot of words that's confusing.
0: <laughs> no, I mean I think that's the thing. Sometimes, um, you know, there was a, a friend's band and they wanted me to kind of basically assume a, a managerial role and – You know, I kind of had to ask first, and and I think this kind of speaks to a larger music business side of things that, you know, I don't, I've not really talked about on this show, but I think kind of for those maybe that are in a up and coming band or kind of. Trying to get to a certain level. I think some of these conversations are good to have so people can kind of hear different perspectives on what's working or what they're trying to do. But, you know, something I had kind of said to this person is, I was like, well, what do you want me to do when you say you want a manager? What does a manager do to you? And he was like, well, you know, you help us with shows and do this. And I was like, well, that's a booking agent, not a, not a manager. And then he's like, well, then, you know, you you can come out on the road with us because like you used to book shows, you know how to settle them, you know how to do all this kind of stuff, you know how to handle TM so you could be a TM. And I was like, that's a TM, not a a manager. So, you know, as you kind of start talking to people, you realize that there are different facets within this this thing and you kind of need a singular vision of of what you're trying to do, reach these certain goals and so forth and trying to help someone who doesn't really know where they even want to go or how they even want to get there kind of makes it a little hard to kind of jump in and try to be a manager of sorts. And so, you know, something I was kind of thinking of, you know, in preparation for this chat, and I had just recently gone through and watched uh, Entourage again, the whole series, and I was kind of wondering if potentially North Kingsley, if you guys are looking at this project also as sort of a, um, where you kind of are a a group. Like if you want us to kind of do something from a production side, you got, you know, Shabo and, and uh, Soren? sorrow sorrow sorry um okay you always make fun of him and call him different shit so i'm always like what is his name again (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but it's one of those things where it's like you know and then you as as kind of the lyricist and so forth it kind of reminds me of like already you know uh e and uh vince it's kind of the team the team that kind of you know you got your agent you got your manager and you got your your talent and it's one of those where, you know, in the middle of that seat in the show where they basically, you know, the Midian team, you know, it's Billy Walsh and you and da, 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 and we're doing all these things and we're selling movies based on this package. Is that happening with you guys with what you're doing? Like, are you guys kind of becoming a production kind of all in one entity as well as being a band?
2: I would like to think so, um, because we in a similar vein to, to what I just said before, there's people who want to work with us as a as a full group. And in any way that uh, any discussion that I've had about doing features with people, I've been very adamant about, I want the, I wanted it to say featuring North Kingsley. I don't want it to say, feature, you know what I mean? I don't want it to say featuring Ray Hawthorne. I want it to say featuring North Kingsley. I think anything that I'm doing right now is in interest of elevating the band and that, and hopefully along with saying featuring North Kingsley, that would mean we could get Shavo involved in some way and we could get Sorrow involved in some way, but let's say in a worst case scenario, It was just me doing a vocal line. I still just wanted to say featuring North Kingsley Um, And I think the fact that the three of us have a similar mindset of just we all we all want to elevate each other and we all want to Work well together because let's face it. That's that's what works for us, you know uh, We've all the three of us have talked about this But it's like the the three of us individually could make music completely solo. We could make music by ourselves It wouldn't it wouldn't be an issue, but it wouldn't be anywhere near as good what we're do- as what we're doing right now at least you know at least we don't think so um so i'm very adamant about us having that team mentality and and sticking together uh so the entourage thing is actually pretty apt <laughs> comparison i haven't watched that in years but that, that works out pretty well
0: well the pandemic has kind of caused us to go back and watch some of the old shows and that was one of the ones that yeah. we just i mean i think my wife and i've plowed through it in like a week the whole thing and the movie
2: um, I never saw the movie, but I did see the whole show.
0: movie's pretty good. It's, it sounds like, uh, according to uh, some of the people I follow on Instagram that were in that show, it sounds like they might be doing a reboot with all the original cast and just kind of picking back up. Nice. So we'll see how that goes. But, you know, it's just kind of interesting because it's like, you know, you look at... <sighs> You know, it's it's kind of hard, especially now with this record, it's kind of hard not to make comparisons to, to Wu-Tang and stuff like that, but I mean, you go back to a lot of the classic hip-hop, and that's sort of what it always kind of seemed to be, is yes, like, Rizza is the mastermind he, he produces and does all these things, but It was always kind of under this umbrella of Wu Tang. Like, yes, I like Rizza produces, but you know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to do Produce Liquid Swords. I'm going to go ahead and do this Method Man record. I'm going to go ahead and do this. And then we're going to come back together. We're going to do a Wu Tang record. And it elevates the whole while also kind of elevating the individuals. uh, in those in that kind of regard, so it's just one of those that, as I kind of thought about it, it's like you all do such a unique thing within what North Kingsley is that I could kind of see it being shopped sort of as a as, as a group, literally, uh, from for more of kind of ghostwriting or songwriting with other artists and so forth, and kind of being like, yo, if you would like to do something like this, these are the kind of things we can offer and do for you. Um, but it's not something like I said, it's not something that we typically talk about. This this ancillary avenue of basically writing songs for other people or with other people. I mean, I would,
2: I would love to write for other people. I think that was always a, um, that was always a big dream of mine. I always looked at, uh, sort of the Pharrell angle of things where I was like, I, I super respect how Pharrell has the ability to be an artist himself and, and, you know, uh, with N.E.R.D. and all that. I was going
0: to say, it's so weird though, since he is an individual in any, aside from N.E.R.D. plus himself and then. As his and then solo he's
2: artist, a huge producer, you yeah. know what I mean, um, and that's that's obviously like that's a extreme high mark t- to hit. I mean, there's really only one Pharrell, but it, that lane of something would be something that I was super interested in because I write songs all the time. I know the other guys do too. I know Shavo's writing all the time. Saro's writing all the time. It's not always necessarily something that fits in what we've established North Kingsley as. You know, uh, I think I, I could write some pretty good pop records, (laughs) you know, uh, that I think would be a smart, a smart move, not only from a a business standpoint, but just from, as a creative outlet, you know, uh, I think we talked about before, but it, it was before I was ever doing anything hip hop oriented. I was doing a lot of like hardcore stuff. I was doing a lot of even just solo, like acoustic pop stuff, basically any kind of music I can get my hands on. I really enjoy making as long as I like it, you know? Um, and I would like to I would like to do that. So the idea of ghostwriting and, and songwriting, I think for us as a band is is a, something we'd love to explore. And it's even something we talked about in the very initial stages of North Kingsley, like like two and a half years ago at this point, when we were sort of figuring out what we were doing, there was a lot of discussion of us just sort of being a production unit. Like that there was all this weird semantics where like we couldn't call ourselves a band at the time all this like strange shit It was like we're a group. We're a unit like all this weird shit Where I was one day. I was like we're a band just (laughs) that's what we are Um, But that was sort of the initial idea was that we would make songs for ourselves and we would make songs for other people Uh, The comparison being at the time that Shabo was using was like sort of like a heavier chain smokers I think was what he was so yeah, you hit the nail right on the head. That's definitely something we'd be interested in and I'm something I'm sure we'll explore more in the future. But as of right now, I think we need to build up the profile of North Kingsley as a group before that we could do that uh, super effectively. You know?
0: Yeah, it's just always funny because sometimes you see some of these things and it's like, you know, there's NERD. And you're like, okay, well, isn't that just Neptunes? Like, like it was just like, I remember like when the first NERD record came out, I was just like... Well, I thought this was just Neptunes, so why is it this whole other moniker? You know, the other thing kind of thing, too, and I couldn't help but think it was kind of funny. So, you know, obviously we were kind of talking about how each of these, at least for the two songs uh, or two volumes you have currently, it's three-song EP that makes up each each volume currently. I don't know if that's going to continue moving forward, but were these three songs... I don't even remember if I asked this last time, are basically because you say you have four volumes already done. So were you writing these all together in one chunk of time or was like the first three, the first three you did, then these are the next three you did and then so on and so forth?
2: So the in volume one, those were some of our earlier songs, Uh, but there was never really a there was never really a goal of putting together individual volumes during the songwriting process. Uh, So so we've got volume one through four ready, but uh, by no exaggeration over the last two and a half years We've recorded something like 70 or 80 songs so so the ones that we're releasing are ones that from from that huge batch that you know Work well together and that are good enough that we like like there's a whole checklist of things that We have to go through before we even move forward with a song. I think I I, personally I think there's songs that we've scrapped that are great songs that maybe one day they'll come out you know but we sort of look at the songs once we have them and then say these three will work together these three will work together um because we all we all spend a a ton of time writing in fact uh like that and false idols so like that's on volume one and false idols on volume two i think i wrote those within like two days of one another um i had gotten into this thing where and this is largely our writing process now where there was there was just a week where I decided I'm just going to write songs, acapella, no beat and just write them every day for a week straight. And out of that week, we like that. And uh, False Idols were two of those songs. Um, and for the most part, that's our writing process now is I will write an acapella song. I'll bring it in. I'll say like this. Here's the verses. Here's the chorus. Make something that works. Let's make something that works for this. And it's by no means over there. <laughs> it's, it's it's like, here's the verses. Here's the chorus. But then what, you know, once the guys get a hold of it, things get cut. Things get shifted. Things get rewritten. And that's how it should be. Um, on occasion, we'll, you know, I'd say some amount of the time, too, it'll start with a, with an instrumental beat or something that Sorrow makes or a riff that Chavo makes, and then we'll build from there. Uh, but for the songs that have been released so far, most of them have just been written in that acapella format and then we sort of build the music around them
0: it was just kind of funny because i was thinking about how sort of ironic it is that you have a song called shadow box on a tr- on the collection you put out with Rizza
2: yeah yeah for sure that um i think that sort of played into why we why we put it on uh volume two as opposed to the other ones because you know what i mean shadow and all that um but that was a big thing we brought that up Riza heard that song uh the night that he came in and recorded it and he loved like he was talking about getting on that song as well he he thought it was awesome because he kept saying uh he's like i love what you're doing he's like let me hear something that's a little bit more melodic though so we're like well check out shadow box you know um and he was all about it it's just we couldn't really as much as i want multiple rizzo <laughs> features you know, you know we we kind of got to pick and choose here we can't just you know we can't put rizzo on two out of three <laughs> songs hey man, on a you box. guys can do a north kingsley rizzo collab hey look man i would love to be a wu-tang affiliate but you know we'll <laughs> you can, see you can be the new red man <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i couldn't help but thinking as you were
0: saying that you uh you kind of do your stuff where you're just writing acapella with no beat in mind have you uh, you have to have seen these Warack videos right
2: no no i don't what I heard of oh man! No, oh that's
0: right because you're not on facebook okay that's that's probably why you haven't seen these <laughs> all right what is
2: it I, what, so basically it?
0: it's like this i guess it's three it's these like dudes from like this place called like i think it's called war Rack, rhode island okay um So, I mean, it kind of tells you it's like the smallest of the small, basically. But they have these videos. I know you can, I'm pretty sure you can find these on on, uh, YouTube. Uh, Worst case, I'll try to send a link to you when we're done with this. But so it's these guys and they look kind of, you know, I think, I think one, one dude's like mixed, but I think it's like a bunch of white dudes in like kind of a ghettoy area and they just rap. Like, they just, no beat, no nothing. Like, the one dude always jumps off. Like, and it has become, like, now there's tropes. Like, as it's been going on, I think oh. most of this whole thing, there's tropes now. But, like, they just stare at their phones, and they're like, yeah, so I was blah, 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 and doing this. And, <laughs> you know, and there's there's no beat. He hasn't memorized shit. He's just looking at his phone. And then this other taller dude oh, is always hiding somewhere and then just busts out of wherever. And then he's like, yeah, and blah, 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 blah. And very very recently have they started putting out like they put out a song and it had a beat and you're just like oh, oh wow. all right this isn't that bad and like I don't think lyrically a lot of the shit they're saying is terrible I've heard way worse but it's funny yeah. to see that these guys have built up this this following like I think they drop new new tracks uh new videos every Monday and oh wow it's uh it's it's kind of funny um you know a lot of people I think a lot of it is a joke and I think I think they I'm very convinced that they understand that it's a fucking joke, and they're just playing so far into it that it's almost, like, become performance art of a sort. But I was gonna say, if you had seen that, what was was your reaction to it? Just because it's been one of the weird—I don't want to call it viral, because I don't think anything's happened so big that it's gone completely viral, but it's one of the few things, like— I knew a dude who lives in Rhode Island. He shared it and then like he would share them every Monday and then I'd start noticing other people sharing it. And then it just kind of has become this thing where it's like if you're kind of in the know, then you are. And I'm interested to see if it turns into a thing where it gets some legit buzz behind it because it's like each video is pulling in hundreds of thousands of views and so forth and you know like their one video that has like production for real like it's a legit music video and so forth you know looks really good and the beats not bad and they actually sound good like riding over a beat and it's one of those where you're like i've seen weirder shit happen in the music industry where these kind of things become something and You know, could it be the next William Hung where it's a fucking joke and everyone's in on the joke other than the dude? Who knows? Could it be something where, you know, this was all a fucking joke and we were sort of sort of like yourself a little bit where it's like this is a fucking joke and we just had fun doing it. And then it just happened to catch on. And then a label signed us because, hey, you guys are generating all of this content and all these views by yourself. Let's try to do something and, and basically capitalize on what you're doing, but give you the next phase of this this process. And it's some of those kind of things where I don't think sometimes people realize how far you can take something if you just have the drive and commitment to do it. And I think that's half of it. And a lot of times it's just sticking to it.
2: Definitely. And uh, I think you're right as far as um, things like that have a chance to get big, like you've seen Stranger Things, but especially in in today's day and age, this sort of idea of like meme rap is is huge right so these guys that i haven't seen any of these videos but if these guys are out doing these sort of parody like joke rap things that'll get big just from just from kids and stuff sharing it online and thinking it's funny right i mean that's that's not far off from like six nine (laughs) you know And, and and look how big he got you know so it's sort of um it's almost a marketing technique at this point to do just crazy shit like that you know
0: well i think that's kind of the interesting thing In a lot of this is, you know, like I was sort of getting at earlier with, you know, the where do you guys want to go, and you know, the different lanes maybe that you can take this. I think you have to entertain those ideas from the jump. You have to have that conversation about what is your goal, what do you want to do with this, how far are you willing to take it, and and how do we get there? And you know, this something like this war act shit, like it's a fucking joke to a lot of people. But if you keep giving them the thing every Monday and then you start noticing like oh they thought it was funny when I jumped off of this thing when I'm always going to jump off of something so it becomes a well where is he jumping off from or the other dude like where is he hiding and then you like start noticing other things like the other dude that raps like changes his outfit so like then now that's a new trope and it's just one of those where it's like if you kind of know what you're doing or at least become aware enough to see something's happening and you just kind of feed into it and then go okay realistically how far can we take this and and just kind of have fun doing it but at least have the business sense to to keep moving forward with it. Then it's like I I think that's kind of what separates some some legit I use this word kind of loosely some artists uh, <laughs> from having a more su- having more success than those that don't because I think if you just do something and have no idea where you're going then you have no idea how to mark what's working and what's not.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you I think you need to think about like you said what your goal is and how you plan on selling what you're doing and and how what you're doing can actually impact the public. It's like someone like immortal technique, right? That dude is, that dude has just got bars for days and he's great, but he's never going to be huge because he's, he's not, he's not giving you something that you can just sort of tune out or he's, he's sort of such an uncompromising artist that it's like, that guy is a rapper's rapper. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I will listen to immortal technique all day and just be like, wow. This dude is the best, but he's never going to catch on on a on a grand scale like that. Something like this meme rap thing that you're describing is something that will catch on. And I know Immortal Techniques like a little bit of a dated reference at this point, you know, but there's just similar things like that. It's it's rare that artists who are that interested in sort of being that artsy can break through on a on a higher level. I mean, we've had conversations throughout the lifespan of North Kingsley at this point over the last like two, I know we've only been out since August, but we've been doing this for like two and a half years where there's been a lot of talks of just like Ray, you can't do verses for you know, 32 bars at a time and like expect people to, to really be into it. And even like with something like volume one versus volume two, I think volume two is a better album for that because or better EP for that because on volume one, it's a lot of like heady high concept, a lot of bars and stuff, and I love that, and I think people love that, but I think something like Rifle and Thought, which is very purposely a repetitive yeah. kind of thing like that but still has the kind of high concept that i'm looking for in something i think that's a better song and something better poised for people to listen to you know
0: well it's kind of funny i was talking to someone the other day actually i was on i randomly joined someone's uh, instagram live thing and we just were talking about a bunch of different shit um and it's one of the first times i've actually said this out loud and i was like fuck i guess that i guess that kind of is how this person's career has really gone and i'll pose the question right away so as i get to the end you can answer this question but you know um where do you where do you see yourself kind of going since you're dropping stuff that's been done for so long versus where you're already doing stuff now but kind of getting to the point you know i was talking about jay-z jay-z is one of my favorite rappers for a very long time but i said you know the thing that i've always admired about jay-z's career is you know he's grown as as a lyricist and as a person so you know you have reasonable doubt volume one volume two and that's kind of the come up you know volume three black album sort of that american gangster record because you got to throw that in there somewhere um you know basically that's kind of the the man growing up and kind of i'm getting away from my my youthful indiscretions and kind of becoming this man who gets away from the streets and gets away from making, you know, foolish mistakes and so forth. And, you know, the struggle and the come up to basically, now I got it. So now I'm talking about like the things I'm doing now with my wealth and and my knowledge that I've gained. So now where you're looking at, you know, like 444, and it's kind of, it really paints a a full narrative of a person growing from basically a, a child to a man to a man that, you know, is kind of thinking more like, I don't have as much time as I did 20 some odd years ago. Like, I kind of got to think about like the legacy I'm going to leave behind and and the things that will make me a better person. And it was one of the first times I've really kind of put all that together in, in the course of listening to this person's career. You know, for 20 some odd years where I feel like that's a yeah. a trapping of a lot of people where it's like, you know, sometimes Drake t- kind of talks about the come up and you're like, dude, you don't have a come up anymore. Like your come up yeah. was like done on take care, like stop talking about your come up or even, you know, a little bit of the weekend, too, where it's like you can't be talking about a come up 10 years later where you're still like where you're at the top of the fucking game. Like that that doesn't that's not how it is. You can either brag yeah. about what you fucking have or go on beyond that but you can't talk about the struggle because there is no fucking struggle not yeah, exactly. not like it used to be so do you see yourself with what you have done and kind of you know since you're so far ahead basically of what we're gonna hear do you think you have kind of done the
2: same thing lyrically um so the reason that's an interesting question to me is i've um i made a point of before before anything we dropped before volume one came out and uh i think we talked about this before volume one was supposed to come out in like april yeah um but you know then everything happened with the lockdowns and all that before april i made a point of writing an entire second album because i thought i didn't know what was going to happen i was i was like i think regardless of what happens whether or not we drop volume one and it bombs or it's like really critically well-received, there's going to be something that changes in the way that I write from having the immediate feedback. You, You know what I mean? So I made a point of completely writing another album before we even put that music out because I was worried about the way that that might alter my writing process. Now, since we've had music out, uh, I can say for a fact that it has altered my writing process and I don't know how I don't know how many songs we would use from before we dropped volume 1 because like I said earlier, we've got like 80 some songs that we were just not using, right? So, I don't know how many of those songs we're actually going to use, but I do think um, the public feedback about what North Kingsley's doing and what I can see people are into more than other things has definitely, I'd like to think, elevated the way that I'm writing something. I don't I'm definitely not in the position of like, oh, can't talk about the come up anymore because try, trust me, we're still we're still on the come up. Um, and I i don't think if you listen to the content of North Kingsley stuff, that was never really a focus of no. what we're talking about anyway, you know. Um, so I was just I was certainly worried before we drop music that it would alter my writing process in a negative way where I would somehow be referencing stuff in in what we're writing about people's reactions to <laughs> what we put out. Um, and I've made sort of a rule for myself not to do that. But on the tip of evolving as an artist, I think that that's completely necessary. And we've had plenty of talks as a band of where we want to go from here and and what we should do. Um, I mean, this so it's like when I say, like, I'm going to be in the studio tonight, like no one probably no one's ever going to hear the thing that I'm working on tonight. But it's like we're 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 not stopping, you know. So Friday, um, you know, four days ago or whatever today's. Yeah, four days ago, uh, Sorrow had just left town and shava wasn't going into the studio. And I was like, oh, sweet day off. Like, I'm just going to stay home and try to just play cyberpunk. Um, but I, I had this idea for a song because we had all these discussions about what if we tried to go in this certain lane or or tried to do our take on what this version of hip hop is? And I was just I was like racking my brain about not wanting to sell out in that way. You know, but at the same time, you know, we need to we need to gain whatever traction we can as so we can continue to make the music that we actually do love. So I I thought to myself, well, I'm not going to sell out if I was going to do something like that. This is how I'm going to do it. And I just went into the studio by myself and just spent the day in there like I'm going to write this song. And these are my rules. I have to say this thing. I have to do this thing in the middle of the song. And, and this is what's going to happen. And it turned out to be something that I really love, that, that I'm, I'm super excited for the other guys to work on and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, I think we're consciously evolving as a band um, because I, I think that that's necessary. So if you use like the Jay-Z comparison, it's it's four forty four is an excellent album. But before that was like Magna Carta. Which was so clearly a let me just try to do pop record. rap shit right now. You know what I mean? And some of those songs are good, but you know you're never going to put Magna Carta in a in a tier list of, of Jay Z albums. You know, it's right it, up there with
0: put three. <laughs> yes,
2: yeah, you know. Uh, so when 444 came out, it was like it was like wow, this is, this is dope. Um, but you know, again, this is a long winded thing, but. I do think you need to evolve, you know, but in the in the words of Jay-Z, since you referenced him, they say they want the old stuff Buy the old album. <laughs> you know, That that's what it is. So I think we've I'm I'm content in the fact that we've established that we can do these really politically and socially aware sort of long form verses and stuff like that. Um, and that was really important for me to establish. But. I don't think it's something for the rest of my life that I want to hammer over people's heads, especially if it's not something that I'm that I'm actually feeling. I don't want to find myself in the position of, oh, this is what people expect from North Kingsley. So this is what I have to do. Let me just get angry about something that I'm not angry about. You know, I I just want to be true. Whatever we're doing, I want to be true about it. And I think we should we should move with the times and we should evolve. But we should never um, we should never sort of just look at what other people are doing and say, let's do that. I think that I think that would be completely shooting ourselves in the foot, which is why I think that comparison of like rap is sort of like hair metal right now and they're and they're waiting for grunge to come out is a is an apt comparison, at least for us, because it's like we just need to stay in our own lane and we've established already that people like what we're doing. We just need to keep doing it and people will continue to follow along with that. Uh
0: kind of one of the last questions I have for you, because I know you gotta get ready to go. Um, and then yeah. you can plug your socials and all that kind of stuff as well. How because obviously with North Kingsley, you know, unapologetically, most people are probably checking out because of Chavo and the association to system. Yep. So Definitely. with your your like Instagram videos and stuff that you make, <laughs> how how has the reaction been to those kind of things? I mean I th- I think I'm a little bit older than you. I think uh, we established on the first one, but it fits in that really fucked up uh like cky era like where it's just jump cuts random shit makes no yeah. fucking sense like you're yeah. one with like the the cutting out of sorrow's face and putting on a tape beard and all that <laughs> shit like you know that to a lot of people might be like what the fuck what what is it that's yeah. not even funny i look at that and i'm like holy shit that's yeah okay i i understand this and this is funny as shit um yeah. to even now having shabo kind of getting involved with it and you know your your comments kind of on some of the stuff where it's, it's basically poking fun at all of you like you're you take the music seriously but the rest of it is all up for for to being poke fun at do a lot of people not understand that and or have you found that more people maybe aren't necessarily checking out the music but really just kind of getting into that and then be like oh i finally checked out a song the other day and it actually is pretty good
2: so i i think it's i think it's more the latter i think it's more people are into uh those little short videos and and us on a personality standpoint and then they look at the videos you know i um this was another thing that before volume one dropped, I wanted to do. I I was just like, I think it would be funny to, just sort of make these funny videos. <laughs> you know, like I I just think it would be fun. And uh, I, initially right off the bat, I I I did a couple just by myself and I showed him the Shavo. He's like, that's hilarious. And he really liked it. So I was like, sweet. And he was like, I want to get involved in that. Um, and I was like, awesome, because I it's it's better for me if we do it as a band, you know, like the whole idea of these videos in general sort of feeds back into what you're saying about that. Uh, those like rap videos from Rhode Island or whatever. It's just like I think people are into these sort of weird, mimi, funny things, right? Um, and I like it. So I told I told the guys back then I was like, you know, I sort of just want to be like as serious as I can be on the mic, but anywhere else I'm just going to be myself. And like I'm not that serious of a guy, and I write these weird comedy skits and I and I do those things. So some days we'll go into the studio and I'll just be like, all right, guys, I wrote. Uh, Like five skits. So 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 we got to We got to get these done and and get them going. Uh, And initially, I think people were kind of worried about what the reaction was going to be to the skits because they're so different than the music. You know, it's it's such a different thing. Um, but people tend to love them. Like I love reading the comments on the skits where people are just like, Oh my God, you guys need your own show and, and shit like that. That to me is good. And, and it's sort of, it's when, when we're in the situation like we are, where there's a pandemic and we can't go out and play shows and, and, and build a fan base that way, the doing things like this with these skits and, and whatever is, is sort of the thing to do. And I'm cool with it. Like I, we talked before about how like I'm not a social media guy. So like if you look at any of my social media, I'm pretty much making myself look stupid all the time because I just don't care about any any of this stuff. Right. Like I, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to take this seriously and, and, and play into that thing because I just don't care. And I don't want to I don't want to come off like someone trying to curate an Instagram. So I'm like photoshopping myself into fucking movie posters and, and <laughs> just doing dumb stuff where I look terrible. Um, so love, I love doing the skits and I love that people are reacting well to them. And I'm definitely finding people are looking at North Kingsley because of the skits, because they get shared around and stuff and, uh, and there's growth from there and then they'll check out the music and they'll like that. There's, I mean, there's definitely more people that have checked out the music because they want to hear the music and because of Shavo and, and things like that. But the skits are working really well as far as people coming to look at what the band's actually doing and sort of. Getting a feel for who we actually are as people. I would hate to be pigeonholed as someone who's just super serious all the time because I'm just not, you know?
0: <laughs> By the way, I uh, I was going to send this. I don't, maybe I did. Sometimes I get drunk and send things to people and I completely forget. But uh, I was going to say, I saw a beer and it was called Do It for the Graham, G R A H M. It's oh, a Graham it cracker. Okay, okay I yeah. did. Okay. It was a Graham cracker beer. And I was like. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, I love seeing stuff like that. <laughs> um, lastly, uh, where can everyone find you and or the band online? Uh, so the band is at North Kingsley on Instagram and pretty much everything else, on, I think. Um, and we're on Spotify, iTunes, you know, the whole gamut. We're on YouTube. Check out our False Idols music video. Uh, I am at Ray Hawthorne with an underscore afterwards. But if you come check out my page, I'm just going to be looking stupid the whole time. So. That's what it
0: is. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on again. And uh, I guess whenever volume three drops, we'll have to do this again. It's always fun. Sounds uh, good. Just bullshitting. I need to get you on one of our live things we do whenever you're not busy in the studio, which I think is like, sounds like every day.
2: I'm, we're definitely in the studio more than we need to be. I, I, feel <laughs> like, I feel like at a certain point we're beating a dead horse, but it's, it's uh, there's a lot of creative outlet and there's a, I just don't want to, I think we have a, a big opportunity right now and I don't want to ever look back and say like, well, if I had just worked a little bit harder, it could have have gone if i had just done one more batman skit (laughs)
0: well, fair enough well enjoy the rest of your day and uh, looking forward to hearing whatever you do in the studio today in about a year and a half (laughs) sounds good
2: that's very accurate
0: (laughs) awesome well enjoy the rest of your day man
2: all right thanks man i'll see you later
0: so that was my conversation with ray hawthorne of north kingsley again volume two is out now uh as you heard there's plenty of material uh for volume three, volume four, volume five, probably up to ten volumes at this point. Um but this was a lot of fun. I love having Ray on. I love that uh he's easy to talk to, and I love that uh I love that he's just willing to go in depth uh when we ask questions. You know, he's he's basically the perfect guest. And he may not be the typical guest. And I think that's kind of the funny thing is, like, you may listen to what he does in North Kingsley and go, like, oh, well, I'm not really into kind of this, like, hip hop kind of vibe thing. But from the last chat where he basically <laughs> revealed that he listens to a ton of, like, Screamo and, and you know, uh, that kind of era of music, if you yeah. follow Instagram, like, he photoshops his face terribly into... <laughs> things uh and know is like haters will say it's photoshopped but it'll be like oh here's like a devil old devil's or devil wears prada on. here's an old you know gideon or whatever like yeah. he's obviously into that that scene so it's uh it's one where i feel like he's almost kind of like me where it's like yeah we're into this but we're also like not necessarily in this but like if you think that we're not we'll show you how much we are in this scene right uh and how much we are all about you know metal and hardcore and all that kind of stuff too it's just that sometimes it's nice to get away from that
1: sure Uh, yeah
0: and i definitely can relate as of since joining discography discussion i definitely have gone so far away from hardcore and metal uh just to get a palate cleanse um just because dan has me listening to this (laughs)
1: yeah i mean i i have to do that as well it's not like it's not like i'm just totally satisfied just listening to metal all the time i mean don't tell people that but you know i'm telling you now like i listened i've been listening to a lot more like hip-hop stuff or like even like really old new metal like 90s alternative rock and like indies like honestly i'm turning into an old man so like for me a perfect afternoon is like putting on like an explosions in the sky record you know like it's not uh I'm not I'm not just going for the brutal, 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 you know, uh, all the time. But because we do that show uh, and I still have the interest in it, you know, I can at least, you know, dedicate a certain amount for the show. And that seems to be enough for me. Like, for the most part, it's just whatever I have, you know, set up for the show. That's what we're doing.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one of those where I think uh, it's it's probably going to make me a more rounded person as far as uh kind of understanding where some of the influences come from and some of the music that i've been listening to for a very long time but uh i think that's something about ray that i really appreciate is just that basically he is a a student of music uh it doesn't necessarily matter the genre or the style uh and he will kind of find ways in his own way to incorporate that into what north kingsley does um you know, down the road, I actually think I would like to try to get uh, Shabo and Sorrow on the podcast and kind of talk to them about their specific roles within North Kingsley. Um, whether that happens or not, don't know. And if all I ever get to is have Ray on every couple months to talk about what, you know, the new North Kingsley and uh, just bullshit for a little bit. I'm totally fine with that because I enjoy it. I-, I just wish sometimes that uh, Dan would was able to jump in because I think uh, he'd actually have a fun time chatting with uh, Ray as well because he's just easy to talk to
1: i mean i'd be down for that i just gotta you know make enough podcasting money to uh to be able to do it full time
0: oh you know maybe we're working on that
1: i mean maybe (laughs) um all
0: of that said uh we're gonna kind of wrap up this episode if you would like to keep up with ray well you know what you can actually look in the show notes on whatever you're listening to this on they're all below there uh you just gotta click on the thing that drops down all the stuff and You'll see it down there. Um, But if you're just going to listen and you don't want to actually look, do the work for you, uh, Facebook at North Kingsley official Instagram at North Kingsley, Twitter at North Kingsley. And if you'd like to keep up with Ray, as you heard on the last episode and this one, he's only got Instagram It's at Ray Hawthorne underscore at the very end. And uh, hopefully we'll see some new uh, North Kingsley stuff. I know they're getting ready to put out uh, a new video soonish. So you can uh, peep that when it drops. And uh, Dan will tell you where he can be peeped whenever he drops. On the internet.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh yeah, this list just kind of keeps getting longer, doesn't it? Uh let's just say this. You can find me at discussmetal.com. You can also find John there now, uh, for our podcast discography discussion, uh, discuss metal podcast. Uh there's a new podcast you are gonna be launching here in January called uh FPS or Frags per second. Uh that's frags with an R. And um, you know, I just wanted to uh <laughs> You know, I just wanted to thank everybody that has been checking out my YouTube channel. Uh, my YouTube uh, username is Discussed Metal Dan. Uh, we've got a whole heap and pile of shit for you to check out on there right now, and uh, yeah, so yeah, I can be found all those places. You can always send me an email at uh, DiscussMetalDan at gmail.com if you want to get a hold of me, or you can tweet at me at DiscussMetalDan.
0: And if you would like to keep up with all things this podcast, you can simply find us at BruceSpeakPod.com. That is the central landing page for everything this podcast, everywhere you can find us. So just go there. If you would like to see the video of Ray and I chatting, that'll be up on YouTube. Uh, We've been posting more content over there. It seems like a lot of people are enjoying being able to see the chats. Uh, the numbers have been great. So thank you for all the support and all the new subscribers over there. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you listen to the podcast, same everywhere. Everyone always tells you about the importance of why those things matter. Same thing applies for this show. Not going to beat it to death. Patreon. I think Dan and I are actually going to try to start doing more Patreon stuff, even though people aren't necessarily checking it out. Maybe that's because we haven't done anything in a while. So uh, maybe we'll get uh, back into the swing of things on Patreon, do some uh, fun top five lists, do some fun uh, random rants and so forth. Uh, so if you want to do that, head on over to Patreon com slash pod and uh, our sponsors we love our sponsors we want to thank them for supporting us starting with the bean bastard uh, head on over to the beanbastard.com pick up some delicious coffee may or may not be uh, in the beginning talks of doing a podcast brew um Ooh. absolutely um, So, maybe you want to stay tuned for that. Maybe you want to go over there, pick up some coffee, and see what they're all about. They definitely have a great coffee. Also, want to thank On Point Palmade for sponsoring the show. Head on over to onpointpalmade.com, use our code BSB15 and get 15% off your total purchase order. I think Maddie's just about done wrapping up the new Memphis Mayfire record. So, potentially, we can get him back on to uh, discuss you know, a whole bunch of shit. Um, uh, pomade's great. I know Joe over at discography discussion uses it. Uh, the premium whole pomade, which is what I've been using a lot more lately is now, uh, in a clear, uh, solution, whatever, pomade blend. Uh, so that way it doesn't leave any of the red in your hair. So if that was something that you were kind of worried about before, worry no more. Uh, so head on over again to onpointpalmade.com. Use our code BSP15. Get 15% off your total purchase order. Keep your beard and hair looking on point. And last but not least, rockabilia.com. Want to thank those guys over there uh, for lacing Dan and I up for this winter season with a couple of hoodies. They look great and a lot of great merch over there. They have over 500,000 items in their online store, and they're all officially a percent, Nope. And they're all hundred percent officially licensed through the band. So not only are you supporting the bands and Rockabilia during this uh, tough times of not touring, but you know, we can also throw you a little bit of a bonus too. If you use our code brew and save 10% off your total purchase order, let's them know that we're sending you over there. We save you a little bit of money. So not only is your hair and beer going to look great with on point palmade, but you know what? We're going to lay up with the the great styles that you want of your favorite bands. That's a win-win going into 2021. <laughs> I'll take any win I can get at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah, I could <can> feel that.
0: <laughs> and uh, for the Brutally Speaking podcast, I am John. And I am Dan. And we'll talk to you all next
2: time. Yay. Hey, we did one.